0: your radio I'm your host, Dr. Karen Can, author of the number one bestseller, Guide to Healing Chronic Pain, A Holistic Approach. And uh, every week, we bring you amazing people to the show that will help you with your relationships, with prosperity, with money, career, or simply peace of mind. So that is our intention for you. And if you are a highly sensitive soul like I am and would like some help and empowerment related to that, you can get my free gift at sensitivesoulguide.com. Again, it's sensitive soul Guide dot Now this week is a very important uh, interview because um, a lot of people, especially us, you know, in the tribe, the Sensitive Soul tribe, have been noticing that um, life is happening faster and when it's happening faster sometimes obstacles seem to, at least in our perception, come at us at a faster rate. And sometimes things happen in our lives that we do not want, we do not wish, we do not prefer. That's my latest thing to say. I do not prefer this. (laughs) And uh, wouldn't it be wonderful to be able to turn that around quickly where we're judging something that's going on in our lives, ourselves, others, um, to turn that into a blessing, into grace? Wouldn't that be awesome? So... This week's guest is Selena Matreya and she is the teacher of practical spirituality, and I love that title, practical spirituality, Um, and in her work, she helps her students increase consciousness through the use of their daily life experience, and I often will, you know, harp on this as well with my students in terms of whatever it is that's showing up in your life. You can use that as fuel for your evolution, for your uh, for your growth to, to get you to where you want to go. So this is in total alignment, you know, with with what I believe as well. So today, Selena's going to share with us how we can use that kind of like the harsh judgments that we hold of ourselves and others and our situations a tool to actually bless ourselves and others. So if you find yourself judging yourself harshly or taking others along for the ride, we've all done it, um, wouldn't you love to just be able to do this? So, you know, um, you can actually bless yourselves and, and living in the frequency of kindness, living in the frequency of abundance. And, and so many people say they want that, but they don't always know what is the avenue for that. They think it's a magic pill that they take or some the next healing mp3 that all you know they need to do is just sit there and listen to it and that's it you know (laughs) and that might be a few people but maybe not the majority of us with higher responsibilities that might not be the only thing that we can do so this is going to be uh, transformative and if you have uh, a question um, you want a little coaching you want mentoring healing you know that is a great time today is to call in live so let me give you that number eight one eight 514-1190, 514-1190, excuse me, Eight one eight five one four eleven ninety. hit 1, so they know your hand is up. And uh, I wanted to share with you Selena's website. It's PracticalSpiritualityWithSelena.com, and that is spelled, her name is spelled S-E-L-I-N-A, so PracticalSpiritualityWithSelena.com. And check it out. She's got some really cool gifts on there as well for you. And without further ado, welcome, Selena.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Karen. It's such a delight to be back here with you today.
0: Oh, yeah. We're happy to have you back as well. And for those that have not, you know, um, listened to the first show we did together, maybe you can share a little bit about your journey um, and and your own process. Like, how, how did you become a teacher in practical spirituality?
1: Mm, Thank you. It's been a very long journey, I'm happy to say, uh, and a wonderful one. Um, My birthday is at the end of March, and I'm going to be 65 years old. So I consider myself a wise elder. I love that part of life. I just came off of teaching with a student and was sharing with her the, the beauty of being a wise elder versus being invisible, which is what some Women, as they become wise and older, uh, visualize themselves as we, we move from invisible to seeing ourselves as wise elders. And my, my, journey, um, my journey with spirit started when I was 16 years old. And I had a difficult life, wonderful parents, good people, but our family was really in a lot of turmoil. And spirituality was introduced to me through books written by masters. Madame Blavatsky, who started the Theosophical Society, and crazy people like Alistair Crowley. And the Egyptian Book of the Dead was given to me. And I, I poured through these books, not knowing and understanding any of it, really not understanding any of it, but really drawn to the frequency without even, way before I even knew the word frequency and what it meant. Then I met my first teacher. At 17, and she gave me my name, Selena Maitreya. And Maitreya is a world uh, disembodied world leader who simply, Karen, believes in the energy of oneness. And our task, uh, Maitreya would guide us to um, take on, is to move in the world in the spirit of cooperation versus competition. And then it progressed from there. Um, In my 30s, uh, late 30s, early 40s, I was introduced to my current teacher, the Reverend Janet Hope Gorman, who runs the Hope Interfaith Center in Mankato, Minnesota. And she has been my teacher for about 24 years. And through the work I've done with Hope, I've learned how to make my life my practice. And so 20 years ago in one of my um, teachings with Hope, excuse me, spirit spoke through me for the first time directly. And, um, I became a channel. And so a lot of my teachings, um, are, are all of my teachings are given to me by source. So that became a very important part of my life was, was teaching students. I also have had a a career history as a consultant to photographers and, um, I've had two books published. Yeah. So as I was on book tours, I was also giving evenings of grace all over North and South America. Wherever I went Uh on a book tour, I would hold an evening of grace in 2013. My boys were grown. I was a single parent for the last 15 years. And, um, the idea was that I would just go to New York city, perhaps find a partner, uh, be open to that and then, um, teach. But As spirit would have it, Um, a woman hit my car two days before closing and I was left with a traumatic brain injury going on seven years this summer. And I say going on seven years because, well, it took about, oh, probably a good solid five years to heal. There's still parts that I'm healing. So that was an, an amazing opportunity because I didn't have a healthy brain. And I was in direct communion with spirit uh, 22 hours a day for two and a half years. And so much of the work that I teach now um, was not only channeled through, but really the, the opportunity to have your life, Karen, completely shifted in the flash of light that came into the car, um, go from being you know productive and having plans and, you know, moving right. forward in your life to not being able to do anything was the greatest teacher that I've ever had. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's it.
0: Yeah. That's intense. I remember the first time he told me, I was like, whoa. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, your life prior to that, you know, motor vehicle um, trauma was like, I think from outsiders, to be like, hey, you're on the path, you know, um, you're doing what you're supposed to, you're doing what spirit's telling you to do, this is so cool. So seeing that as an outsider, we wouldn't guess for in a million years that you would have yet, you know, so- something completely traumatic, because I'm like, oh, isn't that going to interfere with your ability to do your mission, all that kind of stuff, and your experience is like, well, this is part of it. Which is really amazing. So it's great to hear that well, from the horse's mouth, so to speak.
1: <laughs> yes. Well, thank you. And, you know, it's interesting because some people have said, well, why did this happen? Maybe you weren't listening. And, and it's so interesting, the assumptions uh, we make. because It is. You know, that, it's so interesting. And really what happened, and I'm more than happy to share this, is that because of the work I've done, when I was – um and also, because of the choices I made in my physical life, when my husband and I decided to get divorced, um, I was always the financial um, while well, well, he earned an income, I was very fortunate that my income was was fairly um, chunky, and so when we when we got divorced, I stepped up to the plate, took on the majority of the financial um, sustenance for my children to keep them in their home. And, and I did that for a variety of reasons, including the fact that I wanted to have, I wanted to lay the groundwork for as easy a transition for all of us uh, to give him an opportunity to build a, a separate part of his life outside of the home, but also for he and I to be able to have as smooth a ride if possible, which didn't look at all possible back then, but now we're best of friends and family and text each other every week. Um, and I also so so I was working a lot. I was working tremendously and my life was incredibly busy. And I, I couldn't teach a whole lot because the majority of my time had to be spent consulting where I made most of the income. And I just didn't have the time to create what I needed to be a teacher. So I taught here and there and I did schedule evenings of grace, but I was teaching a fraction of the time. And I was dying to teach Karen oh my god you know how it feels when you discover the piece of you that you just can't wait to spend all your time with and and you just it's just like overflowing and I used to go to spirit and say please I want to teach so badly and they always said to me this I look back on this and chuckle because they always said to me well you know what Selena when your boys grow older this will be your time and I thought okay I'll sell the house I'll move on I'll have a partner I'll have a savings account things will be rosy and what happened was my car event and in the car I might have shared this in our other recording I'm not sure but what happened is I never saw the one coming I was going from a dead stop at a stoplight to moving slowly into an intersection and she came from the left speeding 70 miles an hour in her van, into my sports car, um, into the driver door. So the impact was so great on my car that I never saw her. And one minute I'm moving along, and then the next minute the car fills with tremendous light, tremendous. And I thought I was dying, and so I thanked the universe. My last thought was thank you, thank you, thank you. And then then I didn't exist. And so in the medical terms, we'd say I passed out, right? I was unconscious. When I came back into my body, I was still in the car. I wasn't like totally conscious because, you know, when you're knocked out like that, it takes a while. But spirits started talking to me immediately. They told me to steer to the right, which I did. And I avoided a pole that the state trooper told me would have killed me because the car had already been impacted once and it would have exploded. And I landed an inch and a half from the pole. And then they told me while I was coming back more into my body that they had created, that this was an Akashic record experience they created. This was the answer to my asking to be a teacher. They told me I I would come out of the car without a broken bone or a cut because that would have been a distraction that was not needed, but that I would be taken out of my life for months and years. And my job was to just surrender, because they were going to completely rewire all of my frequencies and download me with information. So that's why I totally surrendered, and so prayer through the world of spirit. <laughs> well, they move in mysterious ways, but it was it was so true because that's what happened. I was downloaded with information. They they took care of me. I. I went into this with no, with a tiny bit of money. I walked out of my house with because I used, I specifically and and purposely used the equity in my house to put my kids through college and to move forward so they could stay in their house for 15 years. And I had it planned because my income was substantial, and within two years I'd have a savings account that would take me through my um, my Social Security days. But who knew that this would happen? And Spirit did. So they oversaw it, and I was given opportunities that were miraculous to um, have an income, even though I wasn't able to work.
0: Mm, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And yeah. I love that you know that self sur- that that surrender that you're talking about. Um, uh, that you know, many people may have had similar trauma, so to speak in their lives, but not connected that it was related to their mission, their goals, what they asked for. So if they, if people can't hear, like you heard at that moment of impact um, that clearly direction, like what do they do like
1: yeah,
0: to, to move forward?
1: Well, that's when, you know, that's, that's truly a good question because I, I was so fortunate because I had done at that point, I had done a good solid, you know, I've been doing, I've been a spiritual student since I was 16. I took a step to the left in my early 20s. When I married my first husband, who was a rock musician, and then it was sex, drugs and rock and roll, which was tremendous fun, but certainly not (laughs) on a spiritual path. And then in my 30s, you know, I, I chose to become sober. And that was, from you know, that was, When I, um, I really started working with hope. So in my work with her and, you know, I, I had a good 15, 20 years behind me, a very committed work where I made spiritual practices my life. And that's why I was able to be heard. But also that's why spirit gave me this opportunity, you know. I'm not a reader of the Bible. I know there's, there's an awful lot of information there, but I do remember a phrase that many people use, um, and I'm sure you've heard it, we all have, you know, God gives you only as much as you can handle. And I think that, I, I believe that the universe does, that we, we, we're given what we can handle even if we feel it's beyond us, it never is. And I think this was given to me this way because it was my next step in trust. It was my next step in surrender. It was my next step in, um, in real conscious certainty. And because of the work I've done, I did that. Now, I know people are given a lot of opportunities, and they may not have been given to, to, to surrender. They may not have had as much history. So their lessons are not going to be the same as my lessons. My lessons are not going to be the same as theirs. But what I would say is as a teacher of practical spirituality, I do know that everything that happens in the level of physicality always has a higher octave. No matter how small the difficulty or irritation is or how great it is, we always have an opportunity, should we choose, to respond to it and to take it in on the higher octave. What what? You know, I'm feeling chated right now. I I experienced this person's comment as something that is hurtful. What is the higher octave opportunity I'm being given here? We have that in every, every piece of difficulty is always an opportunity for us to ask the question, what is it in me that I can shift to be more in alignment with my energy of love, which is who I am?
0: I think that's so beautiful. And uh, I, 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 you know, I just had something like that yesterday with someone who was uh, attempting to, in my old days, I would call it guilt tripping, being a Mm -hmm. reformed um, Catholic Asian (laughs) Chinese. (laughs) We're really good at guilting. Anyway, uh, so yeah, guilt tripping me about something. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah. That's why you know there's a lot of Chinese people that marry Jews and they get along great because they they get the whole family structure. You know, they t- totally get it. My uh, I, I, first marriage, I married a French Canadian. He could not understand any of that. It was so far, and it was it was actually quite humorous. But you're absolutely right. I, I love how you, how, you, how you said that because um and 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 the, the keyword in that one of the keywords in that whole um, sentence was that word choice. <laughs> the higher octave Mm -hmm. and choosing it uh, because uh, I, you know, when, when this person was guilt tripping me and, uh, or trying to guilt trip me, like basically saying, why aren't you giving me free service? You know, (laughs) Um, Mm. you know, I was like, okay. So I I think I I joked to my mentors uh, and my, my accountability partner, I say, uh, you know, if I ever have a difficulty or challenges, um, and oftentimes it's kind of, it's getting more subtle these days. But um, I usually when I overcome it, um, it turns into a meme or a Facebook Live. <laughs> like it turns into a so, teaching point because I taught myself, oh, you know, through spirit. And excellent. Then, then it becomes a teaching point for all. Anyway, so uh, it's it's a running joke. It's like, oh, this is going to be a meme.
1: <laughs> excellent. I love that. I love that you do that because it's such you're setting such a wonderful example. For your tribe, that you know, it, number one, you're so transparent, which I love. There's so many teachers out there that pretend that they are above the fray, and you know, I always say that we are energy and form, and. If we evolve to a point where our high frequency is nothing than what we are in our expression of that energy and form, we'll be off the planet. So, because there's no purpose in being here otherwise. It's holier than thou, you know, that's not authentic. So, I love your authenticity. I also love the fact that you're taking, you're, you're modeling, modeling so directly for your tribe how. What your own experiences of difficulty are, you're turning into grace. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful, Karen.
0: Oh, thank you for that. Thank you for that. And um, uh, I, I just uh, really resonate with you saying that choosing that higher octave. And we are often so much reacting as, as, a, as a collective, reacting to whatever happens in our lives, and we get really. Um, Attached, I guess, to to that human experience, understandably. Um, And so it does take, you know, that stuff that you're talking about with your students, that consciousness, um, that awakeness to remember. Sometimes I don't remember it for like 10 minutes, you know, (laughs) but to remember that, wait, 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 wait wait a second here, you know, um, I don't have to react to this. I could choose something different, but it's okay that I reacted because I'm human uh, so now that I know that I've reacted and I'm choosing not to react, what can I respond with? And that's what you're talking about—is choosing yep. that higher octave. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so, share with us some examples of, of it, maybe with your you know, students or yourself, as far as you know what you're calling practical spirituality. How can we do that in our yeah. daily life? Well,
1: for- Thank you for that question. Uh, Practical spirituality, first of all, the name was given to me by spirit, and they explained to me that that was the work I was to do. I was to teach people how to make their life their practice. They said, you know, they find it really curious and humorous that, that we look at yoga as a, we call yoga a practice and breathing a practice and praying a practice and affirmations a practice. And they are, they're, their efforts we take in our life. And, and they said, and all of those are helpful, but what you're missing is that your daily life, we have given you difficulty as the practice. And I said, well, what does that mean? And, 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 and they were so, this is so long ago and it's so beautiful. They said, you, we, you have evolved into, a pl- onto a planet as energy and form and the energy that you are is the high frequency energy of love now there is something called the fall from grace which we won't go into but it, it is just in this I won't go into a in detail it would take way too long but in essence it's a story of how the light lost the opportunity to remember who it was and so as each being is now born into a body as light because that's what we are we are light when we are born love we have to work to remember who we are. We have, to, we have to choose to activate. We have to choose to acknowledge, to activate, and to actualize the essence of who we are, that light, in our daily experience. And they've put us in a physical world. Now, in a physical world, there are rules like gravity. We can't do anything about gravity. It existed long before we came here. And it will be there long afterwards, you know, and and there are other rules like entropy and, and on and on. And one of the rules of physicality is that you can't, you know, things here manifest, they come into form because this is a world of form. And so in order for us to be able to remember who we are, not in our thinking mind, but in the total experience of who we are. We have to constantly have opportunities to remember. So difficulty to remember that we are loved. And how does that work? It works in a way that when a difficult moment happens, just like the person who tried to guilt trip you into giving them free services, which is so curious. But it's a perfect, perfect opportunity the universe gave you. Uh-huh. It's an opportunity then for you to do exactly what you did, to say, oh, you know, to deal with the situation at hand, to notice your emotional response to it, which usually isn't positive when something like that happens. And then to say, I, I notice that this is happening and I don't choose to feel angry, resentful, whatever. I need to shift back to neutrality. So I'm going to fill myself with love. I'm going to go to humor. I'm going to make it a meme. I'm going to go to, I'm going to, go to you know, I'm going to go to love and make it a teaching opportunity. Um, and so what you did is you acknowledged the, the emotion that was created from the experience of difficulty. You chose a different response and you chose a manifestation of love, the humor the teaching moment, those are manifestations of love. And when you do that, you're canceling that first vibration that came in. You're shifting it. You're transforming it. And you're not, you're not responding from that same frequency. You're responding from your higher frequency. So spirit has said that they've given us difficulty and so much of it because when we start to look at difficulty as a transformational tool, And when we get to the part of our conversation, my dear, when we talk about judgment, oh, my gosh, there's nothing more potent for most people than a judgment as difficult. When we use the difficulty as a transformational tool, we see it everywhere. We see lots of difficulty in our life, but then we have all those opportunities to transform them. So this is how we build our conscious understanding. Our consciousness is like a muscle, and with each difficulty, we get to work that muscle.
0: Uh uh And I I don't know if you've experienced something similar, but um, you know, in the past, there's certain things that would rev me up or I would react, things like that. But now it would be like, yeah, no big deal. But then sometimes the next one, the spirit, would then create something more subtle. Like I'll give you an example. Yes. For example, you know, I didn't have, you know, like saying no to people was so hard for me for years, decades, I should say, decades. So I can say no you know, better now. And, and it doesn't always come out as gracefully as I would love, but, you know, it, it's there. And I know that, you know, I'm aligned with spirit when I say no, even if the other person gets pissed off. Um, and, but, but what happened was spirit would give me little challenges, like, for example, like a healer friend or colleague or someone, maybe I know them not that well, but would come and ask me for free help. Like, this is an example. <laughs> Obviously, this is a theme. So, <laughs> a healer theme. <laughs> and um, and I would feel like, works. huh, I'm starting to feel like she's taking me for granted. You know, like um, she never once said, hey, can I, you know, pay for this? Or, you know, what, what kind of energy exchange can I do? Um, she just was kinda of like, Hey, can you just do this little mini reading for me? I mean, one time, you know, I'm not a colleague, I get it, you know, but but again and again and and I was like, okay. So that was the challenge because I had an easy time saying no to other people, but to a healer colleague who's supposed to be in this tribe with me, right? More difficult. Mm-hmm. So I was like, Oh, I know what you're doing, spirit.
1: <laughs> exactly. And you did know because that is exactly how it works. There are parts in our individual makes where we have to come to more of an understanding of truly not, I want to change the words we have to come to a place of being not understanding I've just been corrected uh, a place of being where we are walking in the frequency of that which we know and so there is a difference between our thinking mind and our actions And spirit knows where within us we need to be walking more in the action of self-love, of self-recognition, of acknowledgement that we are of value. We all come into this world with it looking different and, and feeling different, and we come into the world with that. And then based on the family of origin in this particular lifetime, in this particular history, we have opportunities for that to be reinforced in terms of the experiences uh, that we've had in the past. So the work we do here, the reason it is a theme is because that's one of your life lessons is to start, and, and you already have, to work with this history and the opportunity to learn that saying no to someone is saying yes in a way, not only to yourself, to them as well. The people that get irritated, um, the people that would get annoyed when you speak up kindly um, in a way that is not what they're looking for, that's their opportunity. You then are providing in the oneness that is where we are also supremely connected by the frequency of love when you don't say yes to them and say yes to yourself, you're giving them the opportunity to go to that higher octave and look at what they have to learn to write themselves in order to, to become more conscious and to use the irritation they're feeling from your response. So it becomes their responsibility and whether they use it or not, that's their choice. But if we, if we are constantly saying um, acquiescing to things we truly don't feel, then the people that we're acquiescing to, we're not doing them a service on the higher octave because they're not getting the opportunity to work on what they need to work on. And we don't do this for them necessarily. We've come into this body to be responsible for ourselves. So as you're given this opp- these opportunities, to practice, which is what difficulty is, it's an opportunity to practice that which we need to shift into. So as you have these different opportunities to say no or to reframe it in a way that serves your life stream um, in a way that serves, even if other people have momentary discomfort, that actually is a gift to them should they choose to open that present. Ah,
0: beautifully. beautiful. Oh, that's great. And and I, I often will share, too, that um, the work that each of us does, like, for example, for me, the healer theme, uh, you know, the mm-hmm. past wounded healer theme, those kinds of things that whatever I overcome then sets up what I call or, or reinforces what I call a positomorphic field or blueprint that is now in you know, in our world, in our existence, yep. uh, in our reality, that then others with similar difficulties can either tap into or support, you know, use as a support, because that is 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 um, is already there. The blueprint's already there. So sometimes it's difficult. Uh, then when people overcome that difficulty, then others can tap into that, already having done it. So it'll be just like Roger Bannister uh, being able to run the four-minute mile. Before him, decades went by where they said it was absolutely physically impossible. And then, within eighteen months of him running the four-minute mile, there was a bunch of people who did it.
2: So.
1: <laughs> well, you know that's where illusion illusion comes in. You know that, and I think it's interesting, especially at this state, um, point in our conversation. You know, to really just look at the fact that we are multidimensional beings. And with that in mind, you know, we always introduce ourselves or speak to ourselves or of ourselves as me or I or other people as you. And, and we refer and move through our life as if we're a one-dimensional thing, object, aspect. But we're multidimensional. We have physical bodies. We have physical brains. We have a history that you can't hold in your hand. It's not physical, but it's present. We have a personality that you can't hold in your hands. So That's not physical, but it's present. And we have the high frequency of love, the oneness that you were just referring to, the field of love that we all are, that is inside of us and outside of us that we breathe out from the moment we are born into this life, that's another dimension of who we are. And we have the low energy, egoic mind, which channels the low frequency of fear. We are all of that. And at at, at every moment of our day, one or more aspects of our multidimensionality are working. And one of the things that I think is most helpful as I work with my students Over time, they really come to not only through their brain, which is how as human beings we often access things, they they start to see themselves as energy and how the energy is working and which energy field am I in. Am I in low-frequency fear? Am I in high-frequency love? And that's when we really begin to do the work of learning how to respond to life from one of those two energy fields. And so what you're talking about is, is so true and so real that, you know, the field that's out there that we are all a part of that, that exists, that as you, as you help people and you move through your life and you make your choices, you are in the midst of the oneness and we are all a part of that. So even if people aren't conscious, even if they don't do this work, they are still affected by our work. And that's why I tell people that the best thing they can do to help the world is to take responsibility for their own spiritual hygiene and to make sure that their consciousness is as high as it can be and that they are a physical expression of that spiritual hygiene.
0: Oh, yeah, I, I love that. I love how you put that into words. And what came to mind when you were just talking about that is uh, I've been getting quite a few requests on Facebook and things like that. Can we please heal the coronavirus? Because people here in Italy or wherever are completely panicked. And, you know, even the people that are meaning well, you know, uh, whistleblowers saying that, oh, the CDC is lying about their numbers or whatever it is. There's just an undertone of fear and all of that, and my usual answer is that the healing's already done, and you could really help out if you would, you know, enter stillness with us, you know, those of us that are, you know, you know, resonating at that place. And you know, one of them actually said, "Oh, I never thought about that. You're right, you know, yes, <laughs> because yes. they and also one, got yes. caught up in this panic and judgment."
1: Yep. Well, it's it's very interesting because that that really is. Um, People forget and what and, and one of the things I've noticed and the reason why I've really been speaking a lot about judgment simply comes down to the fact that I can't tell you how many spiritual people I know who are able to hold the light until it comes to politics because politics in the United States as well as around the world is so divisive and it's not surprising Because it's where the the, the really the largest, our judgments are a microcosm, our individual judgments of ourselves, our harsh judgments of ourselves and other people and of situations are a microcosm of what's happening globally on the planet. And Uh all of the divisiveness and the hatred uh, and the vitriol um, that is just so rampant. And I really started talking about judgment because I know and have read Facebook posts, as I'm sure you have as well, from healers (laughs) who feel like it's okay to take a pass. And teachers, it's okay to take a pass if if you're holding the energy of light for the planet, for freedom, for fairness, for equity. It's okay then to come in and trash everybody who doesn't feel that way. And that mm-hmm. is as damaging as the people who are holding uh, the banner for inequality, for, uh, for, for wealth, for, for financial wealth against, um, you know, cooperative wealth. It, it doesn't matter really what side of the fence you're on in regards to the energy you're creating in your response. It's certainly, we all know that there's there's energy created when people withhold or want to withhold from other people, when they want to just have wealth for themselves. But the response and how, it's how we respond to any difficulty. So if we see the whole chunk of people in this world, wherever they may live, as, um, as the enemy and as wrong, because their opinions are different, if we look at a virus that is sweeping certain parts of this world um, as something to fear and we talk about it from fear, then we're not serving and the way we serve is to not try to is to not try to take away or make less than but to expand in the light there's that wonderful have you seen the um, Fabulous documentary on the gentleman who climbs mountains all over the world, the young man who climbs mountains all over the world in bare feet. Um, I think it might have been called Free Fall, and it was just phenomenal. And We'll have to look that up. I haven't seen that one. yeah, Yeah, it's called Free Solo, and his name is Alex Hanold. And when people said to him, how is it that you can climb up these huge rock mountains barefoot, no partner, no ropes?" he said, and I love this, I don't suppress my fear. I expand my comfort zone. And that's what we do with judgment. That's how people can hold light. Instead of wanting not to have the virus, you see the planet is healthy. You see people, you surround the planet, you surround the countries, you surround the people in light. This is not, as you and I both know, um, this is not hokey pokey, fancy, fancy stuff that doesn't work. It's not West Coast, you know, mysticism. Light is really quite powerful. And so what we don't want to do is to denigrate or to judge. We want to open up. We don't want to suppress. We want to expand.
0: I love that. So I love in that. Life. Isn't that fabulous? Well, and it it is. It is. I love how you said that. <laughs> I just I remember some, you know, uh, I don't really not really too much into politics, but I remember some, you know, some Twitter posts and things like that really chastising uh, a political candidate for her um description of how we can help in this way you know, with peace and love and and really ridiculed for um, even suggesting that we could (laughs) make a shift. And you and I know it it absolutely happens. Um, It can absolutely happen.
1: Go ahead. Absolutely. And, And that was, so that's the piece. That's the piece where, you know, we all have our place in each and every one of us where we still have to grow. All the teachers, all the healers, all the people who aren't involved at all in that work or who aren't on a conscious path. We, you know, and, and people who are, we have a place, we have our own threshold. We have our own Achilles
0: heel, if you will.
1: And that's the place we need to identify and work with. And that's why, and I don't know one person who doesn't have judgment as their Achilles heel it may come in in different times, it may come in less often for those who have worked um, more on their consciousness, but for most people like that person you were pointing out who, who was denigrating the politician or the teacher who was talking about healing the world with light and love, we all have that place where yes, yeah, so, so what, show me. And, and there, that's what we need to work with, that's the spot where we need to be able to identify within ourselves and watch for it and then accept the responsibility mm-hmm. of when we're not coming from a place of love. You know, I, I just know so many people that trash Trump and I understand mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. fact that our country here in the United States is very different and that it's, he's a target for that. And granted as a person, he is somebody who is the epitome of a lack of consciousness. Um, I think that's an accurate statement. Uh, it's not meant as a judgment at all. One just looks at what he talks about, and, and there isn't a consciousness uh, really put in there. Um, it's very self self-filtered. Um, but that doesn't that that we're not supported as a people globally. Um, And and as a people spiritually, when anybody denigrates anybody. So I did a Facebook post a while back where I really wrote about the fact that we all have a job to play. What happens when there's difficulty here is we get to step up as light. And what does that look like? And it looks different for everybody. We all have a role to play. Uh, And I wrote it because I took a lot of heat from people. Um, as I wrote about holding the light and spreading love in very specific ways. And I gave examples of what we could do differently. And people said, well, you know, Selena, we can't pray our way out of this. And just as I wouldn't just go to holistic healers, I go to my doctors as well. I don't denigrate my holistic healers and I don't denigrate my doctor's. There are everybody 's got a job to do at this point, and we all need to step mm-hmm. up to the plate so what we 're being asked to do is to step up to the plate in whatever way is right for you and to hold the light for everybody that steps up to the
0: plate mm, I love that and and I, I, you know the whole thing about judgments I, it, it was one of the key uh, things that um, I, I um, worked with uh, in my unlock your superpowers program is is a kind of like a manifestation program that I have and The judgments piece is my doorway to know what wants to heal next. So if I catch Mm. my judgments, I'm like, ooh, that's interesting. Like, for example, and I love how spirit, with humor, um, like I I might have a teeny, 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 tiny, in my estimation, judgment of someone. Okay? And... Mm -hmm. (laughs) What'll happen is that the universe will turn it around so that that person either contacts me or something, wants to do like a joint venture or something where (laughs) it's like a win-win and I'm like, oh, great, thanks a lot, you know?
1: (laughs) That's it, exactly. And and then
0: I'll have, yeah, and I'll have to look at my judgment right square in the face even though it was teeny, teeny, tiny in my estimation, but... Like that person that I didn't want to hang out with, you know, or didn't because I judged whatever they were needy or whatever. It's like they come back and now they want to help me somehow. And I'm like, oh, boy. <laughs> right. And then and then Isn't I get to wonderful? heal it. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's amazing. The and universe is divine. The universe is is.
1: very smart, very smart. And I love (laughs) how in your program, as you were saying, that's such a beautiful and brilliant way to bring people to judgment because it is. It's an announcement. It's an alert system if we choose to use it that way. And if we don't choose to use it as an alert system, it becomes an anchor. It becomes that which takes us down because it's negative energy. It's very low density energy. And when we don't only, and we don't expand beyond that, as we were just talking about, the opposite to that is we constrict. So if we constrict by not, we don't step up to the challenge and choose to look at ourselves the way you do with judgment, then we're constricting. And every time we constrict, we become smaller. The other person doesn't necessarily become smaller as a person, but the energy field constricts because once again, what we do has effect on everything. And so when we're able to look at to have that moment of judgment as you do and expand beyond it and say, oh, here's my opportunity to be more open-hearted because spirits obviously finds me needing to be more open-hearted because they've given me this person to work with who I was just feeling not so open-hearted with. When you do that and take it on, then you're not only growing your consciousness and doing something that serves the other person, but they're being opened and, and the consciousness as a collective, the collective force, what we call the oneness, is, is, is highlighted and is, and is lit from within. And that is a beautiful thing, but the universe Mm, is
0: amazingly brilliant,
1: perfect. The universe, those experiences Uh, happen moment to moment when we become uber conscious. uh You know, they truly do. Uh Yesterday, I was, I was flying back from a lecture in, um, in in uh, South Carolina, and what was a one-hour plane ride took seven and a half hours. And um, I just had experience. Yeah, it was a, you know, I I missed a connection and I was stuck in the airport and we all know airports. I had, I I must've had hundreds of opportunities in the seven hours to continue to work with my judgment. And sometimes I was successful and sometimes I wasn't. And I felt the physical pain throughout when I wasn't successful I had had maybe three hours of sleep the night before. I got up at 4 o'clock in the morning to hop a plane at 6 o'clock to go to a connection that I missed at 8.30. So I was exhausted. I was tired. I was crabby. And I had so many opportunities to transform my judgments. And I was successful sometimes, and I was unsuccessful. So what did I do when I was unsuccessful? If I couldn't give grace to other people, I noticed it. I apologized for it and I gave myself grace. So we always have the opportunity to be in grace when we're in judgment because if we're not able to transform it to be to be to let go of our judgment, we can always be in grace to ourselves after we acknowledge our behavior and our lack of being able to let go of judgment, we give ourselves grace. Clearly I needed a lot of grace yesterday because I saw myself <laughs> Needing to give myself grace as I moved through the day, so we always have mm-hmm. that pathway. That's oh yeah, absolutely.
0: It, it is. It is so beautiful, and and that um, and I know you know what I'm talking about when we're talking about you know spiritual people, spiritual teachers. Uh, that sometimes, um, when another spiritual teacher or in this space has a difficulty. Judgment comes up, not that they mean to be judgmental, but they're like, "Oh, you just didn't release something," or "Oh, you know, there must be a block," you know, or um, "Oh, it must be a toxin that's causing that that you haven't found out yet," or something like that. Like, you know, the energy that I'm trying to describe.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm.
0: And and even even sometimes my husband will be like, "I'll have a reaction in the moment," and he's like, "Hey, you're supposed to be a spiritual teacher, so work on that," you know. So, and it's like, it's this almost like unforgiving, like, hey, you're supposed to be perfect. If you're a spiritual teacher and you're doing spiritual teachings of other people, you should be perfect and you shouldn't have a reaction ever. I'm not saying he's saying that, but, you know, that there's an energy right. of judgment uh-huh. about that. And I've had that too. Uh-huh. I've had that judgment of uh-huh. others, right? Now, of yep. course, it's bit me in the butt and go, okay, nope, <laughs> that doesn't serve me or anyone else. Um, but I'm sure you, you know, come up with that, uh, with, with you know, well-meaning, you know, people on the spiritual path.
1: Well, it's an, it's an interesting thing because I think it's really just so, it's such a chunky topic. There's so much there. It First of all, it goes back to what we were saying a little earlier that everybody has an Achilles heel, that we are all here. We have all been brought here to perfect even more, you know, the soul of who we are and, that we've been brought into a physical world with lots of difficulty because each time we respond to that difficulty, whether it's a judgment or whatever, whatever that difficulty manifests as, and we don't just respond with more chaos to that piece of chaos that landed, but we respond with light, with love. We are healing. We are healing ourselves. We are healing others. But, there's clearly a lot of healing that needs to be done because moment to moment, we are all given lots of experiences, but each one of us, regardless of how much work we've done, we still have work to do. We have, and then within that work, we, there are patterns that we were talking about earlier. That's what I call our Achilles heel. There's a place, there's, there's, there's a couple of themes possibly that we've been, Born into this life stream, which is what I refer to each one of us as, into this life stream that we have to continue to heal. And I think it's the um, authentic people that recognize and give themselves the grace to know, as you were just saying, that it's not about being perfect or reaching any level of perfection with our understanding and our consciousness. It's really about continuing to do the work, to show up and see where we have to move ourselves and what, what, what we still have to heal. So when others come in and expect us to be in a place where we're completely done with what we are, we can just
0: smile
1: and look at them and say, well, thank you so much. You know, I'm continuing to do the work and I hope you're on the journey as well and nice. what that does is that kind of gives them the heads up to very kindly say you know we're all in this together and I am doing my work and I am showing up and it affirms that for ourselves but you know there's not a place I'm, I'm a I don't i am know if this is true um, but I feel as if when we're supposed to uh, leave the earth is when we've achieved that in one level or another for those of us that are on that path. And so, you know, that would be my response to that is that we're all working on that. And I think it's, um, you know, we can smile and laugh at people that have a different perspective of it and let them know that, you know, I'm on the path and I'm still working on it. And I hope you are, too.
0: Mm, yeah, I love it. <laughs> So great, and I have to say, just going back a little bit about the the, the politics for a moment, I remember um, praying or, or seeing the reality that I preferred, which at the time didn't happen, and but but one thing I understood completely was that whatever's for the highest good, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when yeah. Uh, when Trump became president, I knew yep. it was for the highest good. I had no idea how to describe why it was for the highest good. Yep came out of it was that polarization of people that are yes. supposed to be on the spiritual path that that's what i noticed is the polarization of the people that are supposed to be on the spiritual path that are supposed to be in love and oneness and all that kind of stuff and that really it it was like you know seeing a microscope and seeing bacteria for the first time like like all of a sudden <laughs> uh things were revealed that would not yes. have been revealed the judgment yes yeah specifically, had we not had this particular president, So I, I bless
1: Oh, I bless you are so experience. right on. You are so on target, Karen, because there are so many conversations I've had with Spirit and many other teachers have had with each other about what this means, not just in our country, but as we look at other countries, how the far right, uh, people who feel, <clears throat> who share uh, the opinions of the far right, if you will, just for labeling for descriptive terms here um, not not judging the far right but just saying they are on the far right for descriptive terms the the um, sudden onset of that across the uh, world so if we look at go if we stop for a moment and we go outside of looking at in us as individuals and look at the planet as a whole there are lots of conversations about the fact that the planet has evolved to a point where it was time for what was hidden and buried to be brought to the surface in order to be transformed in the physical world, going back to the fact that we're working in a physical world. What can't be seen can, what is not revealed cannot be transformed. So we are Uh in this time of great revelation and it's not revelation of how wonderful we are because we're not at that place. It's great revelation of the ills of this planet from the global warming we're experiencing to the toxic um, values that are coming about to the level of Hatred that exists that, that people have been hiding individually and collectively. So, individually and collectively, this is happening. So, when you said for the highest good, you were right. Um, I've spoken about this before, and people either choose to get it or they don't. They either choose to get locked into being tied into their own personal misery about themselves or what's happening on the planet. Or they don't. But on the higher octave, this is happening as the opportunity for us to transform the world. This is a hugely bound time. And so what each of us do in our individual lives to support the light being the direction in which we go cannot be
2: be spoken
1: enough. Um, I remember sitting with the elders, the Mayan elders in New York City in 2012, when everybody was talking about 2012 being this turning point. And they spoke about the fact that 2012 was the first time since light lost the opportunity to remember who it was in the fall from grace, where we had more conscious beings on this planet than ever before. And they spoke about, the difficulty that was to come because of that, the polarity of frequency on the planet, and how in the in from they spoke about from 2012 to 2019, we're going to be the toughest years this planet has experienced. That would be the disintegration, and from 2020 to 2022 would be the first three years of the new formation of what the earth was to be and that we would not see the new formation for quite some time. So we are in this place where the, the difficulty has been through 2019 doesn't mean there won't be more difficulty, but it does mean that this intensity has happened and we are in the formation years now. And so it's going to be very interesting, but it's most importantly, um, really a critical time for people to deliver on delivering and being the high frequency energy and expanding rather than contracting
0: ah, wow that is so I hope that wasn't so too much
1: to share in one cell swoop.
0: Oh no, that's yeah. we love it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we, we love that kind of stuff and uh yeah and and I think just feeling wise when I feel into, you know, what you're saying, um it it really is resonating with me. Um that's just my way of, you know, want, knowing what's true for me. And um thank you for also validating the, you know, what I shared about the the political situation and uh, oh. what was for the highest good and the revelation and um and and actually I a part of me is uh, my personality is just very innocent. So I honestly did not realize um, until after, you know, Trump was elected as president, of the polarization that was going to come. Like, I really had ne- like, I really didn't consciously think, oh, this is going to polarize my colleagues, and, you know, we're going to start arguing with each other, and, you know, uh, I, I really mm-hmm. innocently just thought, oh, well, yeah, we're just going to love more, you know, like, I'm so innocent. And then with all this polarity happens i like whoa okay because well that, yeah that you see how there. we're all affected by
1: the oneness that's it oneness doesn't yeah. just mean you know the energy of love it means the energy that we are all in this and oneness is the energy of love but in that vibration we live in a practice we live in a we live in a physical world and the physical world you know has an effect and so we have more of an effect. I would say the oneness has more of an effect on the physical world than the physical world ever has on the oneness. But the, and that's a beautiful thing. But the point is we're humans. We're, we're energetic beings living in the physical world, in physical bodies. So we are going to be affected. It's how we choose to be affected. It's how we choose to respond to that. And it's the fact that so many people just don't realize they have a choice there. That's the uh-huh. part that's really daunting. There's a whole collective of people that don't know about this. They And if they do, they don't accept it. And that's okay. That's their path, but they're there. And so so it's it's when people don't realize they have choice or choose not to use the gifts that have been given them that um, that that create a situation where their lives are difficult. We don't have to have difficult lives during difficult times. You know, my brain injury proves that. Anything you've gone through that's been difficult has proved that because that's not your way. So yes, difficulty can happen. We can be on the end of a judgment. We can be the one that holds a judgment, but that doesn't mean that the rest of who we are, because we're multidimensional beings, you know, has to, is experiencing that. So we are multidimensional beings and the things that happen to us in our lives, we have choice as to how we choose to respond and which part of our multidimensionality, we respond with. When we respond from our egoic mind, we're responding from fear, we're shrinking it down, we're judging, we're castigating, we're, we're being unkind to people. When we're expansive, when we're thoughtful, when we're kind, when we're generous, we're working from the highest frequency of who we are. So when difficulty happens, regardless of what comes into our life, something difficult happens, we have a choice. Do I choose to respond from the highest frequency of who I am, or do I choose to respond to the difficulty with more difficulty from my egoic body? Mm, mm,
0: Exactly. exactly. And we always have that choice. That's that's what Alex said. Always have that choice.
1: Yes. He said, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't wrap myself around the fear. I expand. I don't contract. I expand. I love
0: that. that I love and that. And that's how so he down can down do that, I know that scene. His name, Thank you for that.
1: <laughs> yes. How <laughs> yes. I I put a quote was so... there
0: on a meme? <laughs> Well, I saw that. I'll send it to you in a, um.
1: I'll send it to you in an email so you can you can have the exact quote. I took it out of the movie. I'm listening to this movie, Karen. I'm watching this right. amazing movie about this guy who who's so interesting. And he said it, and I stopped the movie and I got my because pa- I, yeah. I love words and I love quotes. And I uh-huh. knew this was something important, so I wrote it down. And it's just I just thought it was brilliant.
0: Oh yeah, it is. And I, I have to be honest, I I when. Um, you know when I the polarization happened, um, and so, uh, many, uh, many in my tribe, as well as many healers, many medical doctors, and in, in you know holistic medicine, all the all these different people that are I am friends with, uh, many of them went into this deep depression uh, after the that election. And again, I was a little bit naive in a way because I wasn't expecting that because that wasn't my personal experience um but then i was like oh wow okay so you know but then i ended up you know doing like a facebook live or something like that just sharing like hey guys we we need you here <laughs> you know like i'm not saying you mm-hmm. have to get out of your funk but it was sort of like get out of your funk you know <laughs> um, cause, cause and that we, was you're great that was that your stepping up to
1: the plate to,
0: <laughs> hold the light you know if you're depressed if you're if you're letting outside circumstances dictate how you feel inside hey we've got a job to do Let's do it together. Um, so, uh, but any, everything that you said today has been, you know, so profound and uh, so wonderful. In fact, I really, what I'm going to do, you're going you're to gonna chuck a little bit, but um, so I'm graduating my first set of Topican Healing Level 2 trainees. They're going to be certified Fabulous. practitioners soon. And uh, we, you know, we've been training on this. We have a, a phase called the Practitioner Potential. Potentials, all about this kind of stuff. And uh, I'm actually going to put it in their student portal. As part of their training, Fabulous. this recording. Oh, thank I think you! I'm honored. Thank yeah, you. I think it's so, so, so important. It just illustrates. I love it when you know. Sometimes people have to hear it from other people, different sources, mm-hmm. right? To kind of get it. Like you're, you're, a, you're a really great word master. So that I love that, and and I think that'll really, really help them. Um, uh, to to uh, you know, to to see it from a know, maybe a slightly different perception, same material, but different perception and um, your experience too, having traumatic brain injury and all this kind of stuff, uh, that credibility, that's so helpful. And and for people that are listening in, we do have some time left if you wanna ask Selena a, a question personal to you. You can get some support around the number to call in, 818-514-1190, hit one. We know we have several people on the line. Uh, no one has their hand up yet, but if you want to ask your question, just hit one. You can have a conversation with Selena and myself. So, 818 514 1190 and hit one. Oh, yep, somebody just hit one. And I want to share um, where you can get uh, connected with Selena. It's Practical Spirituality with Selena, and that's uh, the name is spelled S E L I N A dot com. And Selena has a really cool gift for us as well. Um, before we go to the questions, uh, can you share with us? the uh the free gift which is called become the abundance you seek sure i created
1: a 60 minute uh, tutorial it's visual and audio where i take everyone through uh, a new definition of what abundance is in the world of practical spirituality and then i share the five uh, blocks that people hold maybe i think um that block most People from abundance, and I wow. offer a practice for each one of those. So, this is an incredible tutorial in an hour where people can identify which of their blocks are showing up and have a practice that they can use to work through that. I'd all uh, anyone listening in, if you'd like to send me, uh, if you want to go on my website and download, as soon as you download that program, you're automatically on my mailing list. And I want you to know that each month I send out a newsletter, and what it is, is it's a very deep teaching on an area that I've noticed people need help with. So the only thing you get when you come onto my list is that deep teaching every month. So if you are uh, finding that the information that Karen and I talked about today helpful, then you'll want to get that, Um, you want to get on my list and you'll want to get that teaching every month delivered to you.
0: Oh, beautiful. That is so beautiful. And so if if folks go to com forward slash abundance-webinar You'll get to that 60-minute freebie, uh, and thank you so much. Very generous. Uh, sure. That's exciting. I'm actually posting it now onto the
2: Facebook thank groups you.
0: and in, including my Unlock Your Superpowers Facebook group, which is a group just for those folks that had, you know, were, were doing that program related to abundance and masterful manifesting. So this will be a great resource for them. Um, and uh, let's go to the phones. Does that sound good, Selena?
1: Wonderful, and thank you for adding that to your group.
0: My pleasure. Okay, so I'm going to unmute uh, you. It is area code 530. Hi, what's your first name? Lisa. Hey, Lisa. Hi, welcome. What do you have to share with us?
2: Hi, I was just wondering if um, Selena had any guidance for me on uh, something I can do or where I'm blocked, Um, you know, that's maybe creating some of the challenges I've been experiencing in, in, um, in my life and on my environment. And I've been writing down frantically all this stuff she's been saying and um, everything she says really resonates. It's been a wonderful call. Thank you so much. But I was wondering if she had any, um, I don't know, guidance or. Uh, well, can you give me, me – um, welcome.
1: Welcome, first of all. Um, Thank you. I, as I – yeah, so give give us um, an example of something in your life that you feel right now is really challenging to you, and let's talk about how you're handling it, and then I'll be more than happy to give you um, some thoughts about how you might respond differently. So think about either a relationship, Lisa, or a situation in your life that you feel um, is really not not what you'd like it to be.
2: Okay um well, I guess there's maybe two there's one which is my my health um mm-hmm. uh, skin challenges, immune system challenges and issues and mm-hmm. I've, I've been trying to work on it for years, and the other thing is my relationship with mm, my environment, the environment mm-hmm. that animals um maybe where it's, it's been going on so long, it's almost like a PTSD reaction at this point. You know, I'll hear, I have a very heightened sense of hearing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I will hear something that almost, that's like real loud and will almost mm-hmm. put me in a panic, like a, um, like a trigger or a, a fear. Mm-hmm. So I was really mm-hmm. writing down what you just said. Where I, uh, I don't contract in fear I expand in love And uh, mm-hmm. whether it's um, Entity attachment Or uh, just Discordant energy In the environment around me It could be a, a mile away <laughs> mm-hmm. And it uh, Will Affect me And For some reason the animals The birds like to alert me <laughs> Like they mm-hmm. help, help. Hey birds. <laughs> yeah, right. And I say thank you. I hear you. Thank you. Sometimes I'm like, come on, can you give me a minute? <laughs> you know, really, right now.
1: <laughs>
2: so which, so which <laughs> one
1: would you like to work with? Would you like to work with the sound with me now, or with your, with your help? Which is, which would I'm, you like to
2: work with? I want you to choose. Whatever. I'm going to say the sound because I think okay. if that wasn't triggering me so much i'd have more time to focus on okay. my health
1: so give me give me more information so in other words it sounds as if when you hear a noise you go to fear you go to something that's uncomfortable even the birds mm-hmm. that sing is that correct
2: right yeah. no not when they sing they they okay. make yeah. a like a high pitched the hummingbird in particular will make the, a high pitched yes. almost electronic frequency it's so high It makes my yeah Here's my dog. I've tried to just, you know, avoid it and be like, it's okay. It's nothing. (laughs) It's nothing. But but here's my dog. Right. So what I'm going to
1: suggest you do is go a little deeper because you're starting to be on the right path. Clearly, what you've shared with us so far, Lisa, is that when you hear these noises that are unsettling and you notice Mm -hmm. they're unsettling, you're starting Mm -hmm. to tell yourself things through your brain. You're starting to say to yourself through your brain, okay, you're, you're logically looking to deal with this, which is the way we're conditioned to work. We're conditioned to have our brain be the mighty muscle. So, what mm-hmm. I'm going to suggest you do is do that same work through your energy field because the, the you know, science has even said that our brains create nothing anew. They they recognize that which the brain recognizes that which it knows and creates structure around it. So that which the brain recognizes. So when you have the frequency of fear which comes in, then acknowledge it and answer it, not with your thoughts, but with your high frequency of love, which means you would actually do this you would actually hear a sound, step number one. Step number two, you say, ah, here is my opportunity to shift. I feel fear. I feel annoyance. I, whatever that is, that's step number two. And I'm going to respond to that with love. Now, what does that mean to respond with love? So I'm going to ask you, who was the person in your life that gave you unconditional love? Was it a grandmother, a teacher, a friend, someone who you could do no wrong
2: with? Yes. Do you want me to tell you? Oh, um, mm-hmm. My my mother. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. And my husband.
1: <laughs> okay, so I, take take your mom, let's start with your mom, and what you would do is in that third step, You literally stop yourself from what you're doing in the world for less than five minutes. And you close your eyes and you start to deep breathe and you start to feel your system slowing down. And you start to visualize your mother standing in front of you. And she's looking deeply into your eyes and you're looking deeply into hers. And you're feeling. The unconditional love that she has pouring into you. And then you visualize your mother with her arms spread wide and you put her your head onto her chest and she closes her arms around you and you hear her heart beat and you feel it in your body. In each beat, Lisa, is the love from your mother pouring into you and you let yourself Drink this up. And then she lets her arms down. You step back. You look deeply into each other's eyes again. You thank her and she thanks you. And you come back into your body and back into the room. That's been for less than five minutes and you're shifted. And so each time... You're given this high frequency or this disturbance in your life. Spirit has given you this because you need to fill yourself with love. And that would be a practice that could fill you with the love that you need at the moment. And over time, what happens, excuse me, as Karen pointed out earlier, is that those experiences that you have are no longer happening because you've had what you've needed to learn. You've filled yourself with the love, and something else might pop up because we're continually being given opportunities to perfect ourselves on an energetic level. But this is an energy practice, which is very real. When we talk about memories, memories are vibration, Lisa, and when we fill ourselves with the high energy of love, from those memories of the people that love us, we are truly, truly physically filling our bodies with the high vibration of love. So I hope that's helpful for you.
2: Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Boy. Yes. <laughs> Tears and you know Lisa as soon as it started. <laughs> Lisa,
1: um well you know, it always does because when we reach that level of of experience of love. That's who we are. That's our natural inheritance. I have um, Karen. I have an MP3 called "Open to Receive." That is this practice I ju- we just shared with Lisa. And if you'd like, I'll send that to you, Karen. And you might, if, if you'd like to post that on the website, people can then download that and use that practice. And Lisa, you'll be able to use this practice more.
2: Oh yes please that would be fantastic that was um, amazing Wonderful, wonderful, yes. wonderful. Oh, beautiful. Oh, thank
1: you yes. can i send thank that to you? you yeah Absolutely, sure my pleasure my yes. dear oh thank
0: you thank Lisa. you so much
1: my pleasure
0: wow yeah that was awesome that was awesome so, so that's how we turn difficult i can feel all that love <laughs> Mm. right and it and it's not i mean it's it's funny on the one hand when we're in it it's like seems so difficult how do we get out of it how do we get out of it and it's our mind trying to figure that out it and
1: is you're saying and it is, can't hey,
0: it's it's right it can't it can't you actually have to it be. can't
1: <laughs> right exactly and it's um, yeah. a different part of our multidimensionality mm. that we have to access but you see when we're trained to think of ourselves as one dimensional beings we don't know that we have within ourselves the opportunity to make these transformations. That's my life's work to help people to understand that they have within them the opportunity to shift from judgment to blessings, to shift from difficulty to grace. They have that within themselves. They just need to be reintroduced to all of who they really truly are. Oh,
0: beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Wow. Okay. So I I think you know that I, this is a great place to you know complete the the show for today. I want to just remind folks uh, listening in, whether it be live or on the replay, that you can connect with Selena's work at practicalspiritualitywithselena.com. dot com, and that's spelled S E L I N A. So practicalspiritualitywithselena.com. dot com. And then uh, we just posted on the Facebook group the link to the uh, Be the Abundance You Seek uh, 60-minute webinar with all those great tools in there. So if you're part of my Light Warrior Network group um, on Facebook, uh, you will have access to that right away because I just posted it. Selena, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, thank you so much for what you do.
1: Oh, Karen, thank you. And thank you for not only having me here, but thank you for your work and all of the, the great work that you do with your tribe. We're also so uh, honored you know, with the work that you're doing and with the podcast. And I will, send to, um, I will send to you guys the link to the extra MP3, and then you could post that where you think it would be best for the tribe for people to be able to access that practice. Mm,
0: beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, Selena. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. <laughs> Until next time, bye for now. Lots of love.
1: Bye-bye.